The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Hey, hey, it is Wednesday on WTMJ Nights. Welcome. Glad you're with me. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. That's how you can get through to us. It's always more fun when you're involved. If you call in and you talk to Tommy, be nice. He's working hard. The man uh, the man has things to do. If you're nice to him, you get to me. That's how we do it. Uh, let's start off with our big text question of the night, as we always do. Today, of course, International Women's Day. So what woman has inspired you the most or had the biggest effect on your life? Today is International Women's Day. So what woman has inspired you the most or had the biggest effect on your life? I'm sure we'll get a lot of texts about moms, grandmothers, aunts. Those are all great. Anybody else? We're all welcome to hear those too. So thank you. Uh, thank you for getting involved in that again. 855-616-1620. The Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. Tommy, here we go. Uh, constant Aaron Rodgers watch. We are on hyper alert here at WTMG. Uh, yes, Nights. big big time hyper alert now for only like an hour, I think, though, right? Well, I don't know. I I'm not sure. Uh, we are we're on the clock, as they like to say at the draft. Everybody's eyes are on New Jersey and New York because the Jets play in New Jersey. Uh, but we don't know. We don't know. Here's here's what we do know. This is what I know. Tommy, you probably know more than me. I know there's chimes happening. I'm not sure what those chimes are That was are the for. NFL Oh, because we're on chimes. the clock. Yep, All there right. we go. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Maybe I... Listen, I'm on cold medicine, and uh, so I that might have just been in my head. Okay, so, fair enough. I, it was so also kind of late. It was like two seconds late, but I knew we <laughs> had it. Okay, if people heard that, then I'm good. If not then uh, you and I need to talk off the air because I'm having oral hallucinations or auditory hallucinations. Pardon me. So here's what I know. We are watching um, the developments with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. If there is a trade, if there is some sort of deal, if there is an agreement that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay a Packer, we are going to go to ESPN because they will handle it. If not, we're going to stay here. So listen. Enjoy us while you can. Uh, we may be here till 9 o'clock. We may be here to... Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. But, uh, yeah, this is a big deal. What do you... All right. The owner of the Jets and the GM flew out to Malibu yesterday to talk to Aaron Rodgers. Now, he has not, he has not made any public statements since uh, his four-day darkness journey or retreat, whatever you want to call it, when he sat in a room in the dark for four days. He hasn't said anything. But the last time the owner flew out to see somebody, it was to get Brett Favre to come to the Jets. And that worked out. Except for, you know, the photos and stuff. But, um, so I don't know. I have a... Listen, we've got Jets players who are going on TV and begging Aaron Rodgers to come. You've got Aaron Jones going on uh, Good Morning Football and telling Aaron Rodgers, do the right thing, stay in Green Bay. We were almost there. We started out slow, but now we have all the right pieces. I think Aaron Rodgers, and this has become, it's tiresome, to be honest. It's become a yearly thing. Where is Aaron Rodgers going to go? What's he going to do? I think, I think this time he leaves. I think he will go to the Jets, 
and uh, it will be sooner rather than later. It's got to be. It's got to be coming pretty soon. Now the Packers did give him obviously permission to talk to the Jets, so this is all above board. I don't know. What do you think, Tommy? I think he's going. Uh, yeah, I am fully on uh, Aaron Rodgers getting out of here. I am a big fan of the Jordan Love train. Um, I, I would like to hope that everyone will get on the Love train once it starts, but yeah, I'm totally <laughs> done with Aaron Rodgers now. Yeah, it's it's time. It's time. I like the Love train. Let's let's get on board. The 262 is convinced that Rodgers is going to be traded, but I thought the Packers would trade him before June. They have to accept significantly greater salary cap hits for this season uh, if they wait until then versus executing something right after March 15th, start of the NFL year. Can you confirm with the GKB sports experts? We'll have to get a hold of some of the GKB sports experts. So I do believe that the deal could not be official until the new year starts, which would be in the next coming days. I believe it's March 15th. That's Wednesday. It's a week from tonight, but they can... They can announce that it's done. True, and the Packers have already granted permission for them yeah. to meet, and Aaron Rodgers seems mutual about the whole decision as well, that he is more than happy to move he, on if they are more yes, than happy to move on. Yes, he did say he was open to play in New York. You know? You know, it's just and great how his worst nightmare was to become Brett Favre, and before our very eyes, he's become <laughs> Brett Favre. Right, we're watching it happen. He's going to go to the Jets. Pretty soon, he's going to send uh, naked pictures to a sideline reporter, allegedly, and uh, it'll all go from there. It's going to be very exciting. Plus, you know, the Jets, the Jets usually don't have a history of trying to do things to win. So, if they're bringing Aaron Rodgers in, if you're a Jets fan, all six of them, they have to be very excited that this may actually happen and give your team a chance to make a run. But um, I don't know. Now, granted, the Wisconsin, the Green Bay media, the Milwaukee media, good, solid reporting all the time. And they do take the Packers to task when they need to be taken to task. But I don't think anybody is prepared for the spotlight that comes from New York media. Now, granted, Aaron Rodgers is one of the league's elites, so he's been getting national attention for a long time. But... I got a feeling if you're in New York and you're the Jets quarterback and things are not going well, man, it's it's going to be rough. Going to be rough. Yeah, I'm not so worried about him with the spotlight because of, like you said, his elite status. Plus, Green Bay, such a historic franchise, the market size really isn't well justified with the size, the population around it. I mean, it's right. quite quite commonly the most popular team in America year in and year out all across oh, yeah, the country. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't think it'll be an issue for him to go on with the media over there. I, I, if anything, it'll maybe amplify a little bit, obviously, with New York having so many publications and whatnot. Yeah, and I just think they're meaner. True, you know? yes. There's, there's a lack be, of, yes. There's a different respect level of in New York media than there is here, or even with some of the national media outlets. Yeah, they don't have that Midwest nice to their media. No. They're East Coast nasty all the time. That's what I always say. <laughs> Um, from the 414, Aaron Rodgers is not in capital letters. That's how you know they're serious. Not a big deal. There are far more important things to discuss. Well, sure, there's always a lot of things to discuss, but, you know, we chose to discuss this first. Uh, Jeff and Fox Point answering the text question of the night, which is because it is, of course, International Women's Day. 
what woman has inspired you the most or had the biggest effect on your life? 855-616-1620. Jeff, I think that my mom and sister would be givens, but I also have been been particularly impressed with my high school classmate, Polly Olson, who recently became Appleton's first female police chief. Well, congratulations, Chief Olson, on that. All right. Uh, You have the name of our poet laureate, don't you, uh, Tommy? Uh, I do not. I never got back. I never got anything back from that. Oh, okay. Well, we have... They they sent a poem in. Oh, Let's go. Yeah, I, I had I sent the email, right. so I don't know. If, I didn't get an email, but if it's in the text chain, let's do it. Poet Laureate, we need you need to get a hold of Tommy. <clears throat> All right, we'll do that. We're going to take a break, then we'll come back. Uh, if you weren't with us the other day, I'll explain what's going on. Um, let's see. I predict that we're going to see Favre 2.0, where Rodgers goes to the Jets for a year or two, but then finish his career with an NFC North team like perhaps the Lions. Oh, I hope oh, so. I really hope so. Please. That would be... But talk about a fall from grace to go for the Packers to the Lions. I'm rooting for it. I'm, I'm absolutely rooting you for want, him to you come want back the, to the division. You want the complete downfall. I do. I, do. I right. want him to come back. I want Jordan Love to go for it. I am all in on the new wave. Well, it's time. Listen, it's time. I, I know it's hard. And this is, you know, coming from a guy who's followed the Bears for years or who haven't had, you know, who've had 28 quarterbacks since – you know, the Packers have had two. But uh, Jordan Love has put in his time. It's it's If you drafted him and you've developed him and you think he's the guy, he's the guy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is, what, 38? Not that he's done, but it, it's time to... It's time to move on and see what see what this guy can do. If he's going to be the answer to bring another title to Green Bay, then you gotta you gotta let him in there. All right, we're gonna do this, then we'll talk about the poem. We'll get to uh, we'll talk a little more. Your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers as we as we watch with bated breath, trying to decide how long this program will be on, either tonight or Friday. We will see. It's all happening. It's WTMJ nights. I'm thinking It's time for a change Get out of the rain Yeah We're keeping an eye on any Aaron Rodgers news because that will affect us it will affect obviously it'll affect the Packers one way or another whether he stays whether he goes to the Jets it seems like that's the only place he would go I don't see him retiring the owner of the Jets if you're not aware but I'm sure you are Flew out yesterday, met with Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers says he is open to playing in New York, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and again, we'll keep it going with that. Uh, it's time for Rod. This is from the 262. It's time for Rodgers to leave Green Bay. I'm a Vikings fan. I would love to trade him for a cousin straight up because both quarterbacks have horrible contracts and are destroying their teams. Oh, all right. Uh, okay, the other night... I forget how it came up. Uh, oh, we were talking about poetry for some reason. I, I forget it why was, uh, we brought it. It was a class poetry. project. Remember, we needed someone needed oh, help right. with a nature poem for their project. Yes, thank you. That's how we got into it. A, a, a texter call. A texter sent a message and asked us for help because they know, if nothing else, Tommy and I are well versed in poetry. I would also love to hear the grade you get on that when you have that updated. By the way, yeah, I think they were from the two six two. So 262, if you are listening tonight and you turned in that poem, we want to know how it went. But you turned in a poem, not that Tommy and I wrote, or that Tommy and I found through AI, because 
let's be honest, the AI poems we got were weak. They were trash. Not good. Horrible. But we had a texter from the 414 who almost immediately, almost as if, almost as if, and I'm saying, I, I say he because in follow-up texts, he did mention that he had a wife and son. Or was it a dog? He, has a, he had a wife and child. So I'm going to assume male. I may be wrong. You can correct me. But didn't it seem like this person had a file fax of full of poems ready to go? We accused him of plagiarism, or at least I did. Well, you did. I did double check it, though. I'm not going to say I, uh, because it came in so fast. The idea of plagiarism was in both of our heads. Right. There was, yes. We, listen, we both, we both double checked. Um, the texter took umbrage, said he had, uh, you know, he just whipped it up and sent it. And so we've made him the poet laureate of WTMJ Nights. So there will be poems now. Uh, they'll come at different times of the show, but since our text question of the night was about International Women's Day, we have, and I, I don't have this person's name. He didn't, he or she did not respond to Tommy's email. Maybe they want to remain anonymous so they can live a normal life. Or a pseudonym. They want to be a, what's that? Or maybe a pseudonym or something they're going to send in. Yes, a pen name. Right. That would be lovely. Scarlet Doolittle, right? Is that, was that the right one? What was, uh, Ben Franklin's? Oh, I don't remember. Charlotte, do re- I'll look that up. Well, Samuel Clemens was Mark Twain, or was it vice versa? What well, one of them was a pen name? Ooh, I think his name is Samuel Clemens. I'll look that one up after. Yeah. So one of them. Anyway, yeah. Give us a nom de plume so we can give you some sort of credit. But here's here's the poem for the night. Now we'll have to get um, we'll have to find some poetry music. Not, not right now, but we'll have to find some poetry music. I don't know what poetry music is, so we'll have to we'll figure something out. So it's International Women's Day. I'm sorry, I thought you were playing music. There's uh, construction going on. No, nope, that is not me. So it's International Women's Day, the day we take the time to sing aloud and celebrate all women with a rhyme. We know the strength that comes from those who carry us through life, Please take the time to celebrate all daughters, moms, and wives. So on this day, you know it's true, we need to sing aloud all women who have influenced us and those that make us proud. To women we sing, we praise, we shout, for they are the ones that make life good, so true without a doubt. Happy International Women's Day. Yeah. Nice job. Once again, our Poet Laureate coming through. What we'll have to do, Tommy, is copy these from the text line, and then perhaps we'll publish them and make... <laughs> Just steal all of these poems. Steal all the poems. Make so much more money. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be ridiculous. Then the then uh, GKB will be hit with some sort of lawsuit, and we'll be rocketed to infamy. So Mark Twain was Samuel Clemens' pseudonym, and mm-hmm. uh, the pseudonym I was thinking of was Silence Do Good for Ben Franklin. Silence Do Good. I had never heard that before. Oh, yeah. He went, he was a, uh, so like he went into the apprenticeship and he yeah. went in as a printer for like a newspaper. And so you'd write for the newspaper and that's the name he used for it. Very nice. Silence Do Good. All right. Look at look at look at you dropping knowledge. We can teach each other everything. We listen. 
We're education and entertainment. We're edutainment. That's what we do here. Nice. And if anyone else didn't know it, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, there you go. Tommy dropping some Ben Franklin knowledge. Most of the time you come in here, you're not not thinking, I'm going to get some historical figure knowledge. No, no. You never know what you're going to get. You want a Ben Franklin fact? Come here. You want to talk about, you know, some fast food story? Definitely come here. Yeah. You want to be on Aaron Rodgers' watch? That's what we're doing. Jeff and Fox Point says, if the Aaron Rodgers' watch is still occurring in July, I might actually consider becoming Amish. Jeff, trust me. If the Aaron Rodgers' watch goes past the uh, past March 15th, I, we'll cover it if and when it happens, but we will not be on official watch. Uh, from the 414, I would much rather have a more exciting season, so get rid of Rodgers. Wow. Did you text that? Did you text that, Tommy? Is that your not, number? No, no, I did not text that in. <laughs> All right. As we know, your my feelings are he's gone. He's going to be. He's going to New York. He's leaving on a jet plane. There's no scenario he retires. How you? How are you saying no, no to fifty nine million dollars? No, There's no way on. he's retiring. No, he's not. He's not. Uh, he doesn't have any big nagging injuries. He doesn't have a lot of concussion stuff. He'll play. He can play another couple years if he wants. Go get that money. Get paid. And, you know, it's hard when you talk about pro athletes and their allegiance not only to a team but a city. You know, Aaron Rodgers has played for the Packers for a long time. He's an integral part of that organization. But it's not like he lives in Green Bay and is hanging around, you know. He's not He's not there now. He's in Malibu. Soaking up the sun and going to darkness retreats. It's 18 years now. I mean, total long enough. longer than any other QB in the history of the franchise. It's fine. I mean, there, there's there's no ill will towards him in my eyes. I'm grateful for the years we got out of him. I am also very ready to move on and start something new instead of hold on something for too late. Yeah, it's, which we it, might there, have already done time, already. Yeah, it's been it's been time to try. You know. You got uh, you got Justin. Let's go. Or Jordan. Let's get him out there. Let's run him out and see what happens. Speaking of running out, we got to run out and do this, and then we'll be back. It's WTMJ Nights. Nights. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Of course I would. Would you be mine? Sure I could. It's a neighborly day in We can finally identify our poet laureate. Mike is his name. Mike, a knight's poet. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-S. So, Mike, thank you. We will continue to read your efforts as they become available to us. On the other side of the news, we are one step closer to a four-day work week. Or are we? talk about that in just a couple of minutes but right now we go to the WTMJ 24-hour news center Wyatt Barmore Pooley ready to go lights yeah no doubt like Brian Nooner WTMJ nights I feel like laying in my bed it's one of those uh I got one of those colds that will not go not go away kind of knocks you out we've been talking about aaron Rodgers. some more texts coming in doug says if they trade him please don't make the same mistake the brewers made with the josh Hader trade basically getting nothing two first round draft picks would do the trick and uh from the 262 aaron and the jets yeah bring it i would argue that doug trade is a bull take too because the team we have now is built off josh Hader trade listen Everybody who has a sports take 
wants to have the hottest take. Yeah, I'm that's, not. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying no you're arguing. wrong. It is just uh, that's that's the that's the nature of sports radio. Correct. You know, everybody's got to have the hottest take. Everybody wants to be Jim Rome or the next uh, Stephen A. Ooh, yeah, or, Jim um, Rome. Yeah, going way back, Jim Rome. Love Jim Rome. The king of the hot takes. He still does shows. It's just not as popular anymore. I was going to say he used to be the guy, right? And then now, yeah, you. I don't hear about Jim Rome hardly at all. I heard somebody talking about somebody talking about that time where he was uh, he got slapped by the NFL player, uh, Jim Everett, right? Yes, when yep. he called it, what he was calling him Chris. Chris. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Jim Everett just whacked him right there on TV. Is that what? But yeah, what, to what happened to him? He, I guess, people just tired of his antics. You know, ESPN's got a lot of those characters. Jim Rome was, you know, he just was had one to of cut the first, of right? And so now everybody is. I used to like a guy called Pharrell. Did you ever listen to Pharrell on the bench? Pharrell I don't think so. Bench. No, he was he he was good. He had some hot. Everybody with the hot takes, lots of hot takes. So we, you know, we deal with hot takes just in a whole different way. I guess. How's the watch going? Are we still on watch? Still on watch. Nothing going All right, on. I just. Just, <laughs> just, I I love to be on watch. We'll, we're going to be on watch for two more months here. Watch. I mean, it's two. Oh, we can't be on watch that long. Uh, That's too much. Done it every other off season. I know, but then it was just we were kind of keeping an eye. To be on watch means you're hyper alert. I don't want to be hyper alert for two months. I barely want to be hyper alert for the three hours we're on tonight. That's not true, but. Uh, all right. Well, I hope it's not two months. I'm giving it a week. I'm giving it by the end of the week. With our luck, it's going to happen at the end of the show. Yeah, right at 9.06. Right at 9.06. As Dave Ramsey comes on, there's going to be breaking Aaron Rodgers Saxophones news. will be going off, and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers will be a jet. And people will go, oh, no, what happened? Why didn't he do this when Brian and Tommy were on? Why couldn't Dave Ramsey would hate his tax decisions to move to New York and make less. It's got to be. There's got to be a much much higher tax uh, tax hit in New York than there is in Green Bay. Much. Uh, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers has many corporations and LLCs. What Roth IRA is he going to invest in? Past. Mm. Do you think? Do you think Aaron Rodgers is invested in IRAs? I I have a feeling his finances are much more complicated than that. He doesn't deal with them. I know that much, probably. Right. Exactly. He's like, do I still have money? And his people go, you bet you do. And he goes, alrighty then. Until until you know, hopefully. Once you hopefully make a you certain get... amount, you don't even have to worry about the investment part, really. No, but you have to worry about the people who are doing the investment, right? Because there's been a lot of people who've been ripped off by their financial advisors. Not that that's Aaron Rodgers' case, you know, but uh, there there have been a lot of big money people who have all of a sudden found themselves with no cash. It's true. It's also very hard, I feel like, to lose $200 million. That's a lot of money to lose. It is a lot of money. But if you lost $100 million, you'd still be mad. Yeah, that's also true. You know, a little, eh, some diversions here, a little fraud there, a little embezzlement here, and all of a sudden, you know, you're making thirty five grand a year. That doesn't, uh, you know, if you're Aaron Rodgers, that's not the kind of money you want to be pulling down. One, only one will see when he goes to New York to see if he's living on much lower maintenance. You can't live low maintenance in New York. You, you can't. 
first of all, Aaron Rodgers is not going to live in an eighth floor walk up. You know, he's going to live. He's going to live in that a nice place in Manhattan, Manhattan penthouse. Right. Those do not come cheap. Then you've got to you got to figure he's not going to be driving to uh, to MetLife like he did uh, to Lambo. You know, you got to have people drive you. You got to or or chopper you in. So that's another huge expense. Plus, you got to figure everything. Well, I know you don't have to figure. It's a fact. Everything costs more. Going out to dinner in Manhattan is a lot more expensive than going out to dinner in Green Bay. And that's not a slam on Green Bay. That's just a fact that things are more. I saw something today from Manhattan. There was a $2,000 pizza. Now, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be eating a $2,000 pizza every night. It had gold leaf, caviar, truffles, and... uh, uh, Sounds like a nasty pizza. It looked horrible. It looked like it was something that a kid would make when they were uh, high on fumes and playing with Play-Doh. Yeah, caviar, truffle, and gold, not what I want on my pizza. No, edible gold? What happened to pepperoni? I have not. Have you? Only in Goldschlager. Okay, that counts. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I've had some edible gold, but I never. I didn't pay two thousand dollars for it. I think I paid five bucks for the shot. That's all right. That's well. I got you know on the sliding scale. That's my budget compared with Aaron Rodgers' budget. I'm sure he'll go for the two thousand dollar pizza. Your five dollars to his two thousand is right around the same margin. Right. Yeah. The ratio is the same. Yes. His two thousand dollars is like five dollars to you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So and I enjoyed it. I, I probably enjoyed it more than I would a two thousand dollar pizza co- co- eh, coated with gold and whatnots. Uh, Rogers is the past. Love is not the future. Go get a top twenty pick. All right, nine two zero. Let's see. Do you know how did- dumb that would be to get another quarterback? Though? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Really like, what did we do? Just waste the four years? Yeah. No, it's they're going to play. They they should start Jordan Love right now. That's it. Oh, uh, they don't. The Jets don't want him. They don't want years of losing. Wow! Here comes the anti-Aaron Rodgers Thank brigade. You. Thank you. Yeah. See, Tommy, you are not alone. They definitely want him, but I yeah, also him. don't think that it's all. Yeah, he's going to be terrible with the teammates over there. That's going to be my take on that. All the young guys, there. You know, look what he did over here, and people were complaining about. Or they're going to have to sign Randall Cobb and Robert Tanyan all to New York. So, so they're going to bring every old player Right, back. Mercedes Lewis. Have, have fun over there in New York. Yeah. No, that's not happening. They're going to, they're, I'm sure that's part of the deal. And that's what the Jets players are saying, the ones who are tweeting at him, going, hey, we got, you know, we got these people. We're ready to go. Come on over. I also think the media does him unfair to say how, you know, what they might call him as a teammate because... How much does this 40-year-old quarterback have in common with his 22 to 23-year-old receivers? Like, of course they're not hanging out all the time together. No, of course they're not supposed to. Right. They're, you know what? They're, they're, they're going to work, just like you and I go to work. And if they get the job done, who cares what their off-field camaraderie is? You know, there's a lot of people who don't like people they work with or don't have things in common with people they work with. The point is you got to get the job done. And in football, the job is winning. So, you know, do I care if he takes his linemen out to dinner? No, I don't care. I care if the linemen block. I care if the quarterback can 
Complete passes, handoff to the running backs. I want the running backs to be able to gain yards. That's all. You know, if they have Christmas together, hey, fantastic. That's nice. I don't care. And I don't think most fans really care. But that's the kind of stuff that gets covered, and that's why, you know, those stories are always, oh, what did Tom Brady get his uh, lineman for? He got him Uggs for Christmas. Remember that story from a few years ago? All new TVs. Everybody was upset. Oh, just Uggs because he has. And uh, Dan Marino gave everybody Isotoner gloves, but he has a deal with Isotoner gloves. He got them for free, so he doesn't really. Who cares? Is the team winning? That's all I want to know. Can I wear my jersey without being shamed for it? That's what I care about. Is, am I, is my team still going to be playing football in late December and January? That's what I want to know. I don't care if somebody went to, uh, you know, brought a three bean dip to somebody else's house for a little party. But we love our team at GKB. Well, you, right, but that's that, that, you know, that's fine. But people just don't. covering for us there. You're no, allowed look, to be friends with your work friends. Oh, you can be friends. That's great. But the listeners don't care. The listeners want to hear an interesting show. Correct. You know, and it, they don't know if if. Person A doesn't like person B, or but they know what's on the air. That's what they care about, just like football fans. That's what we care about, what's on the field. It's nice if everybody gets along. You know, I want people to get along, but it's not, it's not the most important thing when it comes to talking about a team or a business. You know what I'm saying? I get you. I get you. Tommy, Tommy seems an ageist against Aaron. Oh, you want to answer that charge, Tommy? I mean, he's not that much older than me. I can't really... I'm not saying he's an old man who needs to go yell at clouds. I'm saying that <laughs> what is he going to have... We have seen the personality that Aaron Rodgers is, right? He is right. an interesting guy. He's an out-there guy. Respect to it. I don't think a lot of people around my age which is very close to the age of these wide receivers, really vibe with how Aaron Rodgers is thinking. And if they do, great. I'm just saying, as someone living in the age of those wide receivers, they're not going to have a lot of in-common knowledge with Aaron Rodgers, as they shouldn't. Right. All that, all that matters is, do they understand football? Correct. And can they all get on the same page for whatever system the offensive coordinator is going to you know, instill for the Jets. That's it. All right, so you're not ageist. We got that. We cleared that up. Not ageist. Not ageist. Would not or else you wouldn't be doing this show either. Correct. Well, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> for the four one four, give love a chance. We have to move. We have to move on. Bite the bullet, Greenway. All right. There you go. Enough Rogers talk. We got to talk about if we're going to be working four days a week or not. We'll do that after this. It's WTMJ Nights. I said it couldn't be love because it's too sincere. And it couldn't be love because there's so near. Could it be God? Could be love if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. We'll let you know if something happens. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. The movement for a four-day work week. How's that sound to you? Thinking, oh, man, that means a three-day weekend. I'd love it. That's what I'm talking about. Well, we could be closer. It's starting It's starting in the U.K. And last week, 
a Democratic representative from California, Mark Takano, reintroduced a bill in the House that would make the 32-hour work week a national standard, thus lowering this threshold that triggers overtime for most employees. So if you're an hourly employee who gets overtime, that sounds pretty good, right? You'd, it would kick in after 32 hours instead of after 40. Now, this bill came up before in a little different iteration. Uh, it didn't get a hearing in the committee. It was uh, it had a tough path through the Republican-controlled uh, House. Takano was enthusiastic, though, about its potential to help American workers. The bill's been endorsed by four-day week global, the American Federation of Labor, Labor and Congress for Industrial Organizations, better known as the AFL-CIO, Service, Service Employees International Union, and the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, which I used to be a member of back in the day when I was a bagger at a grocery store. We had to be unionized. I don't know what I got for being in that union, but we were unionized. Anyway, he said, uh, workers across the nation are collectively reimagining their relationship to labor and our laws need to follow suit. So on the surface, how does that sound to you? To me, it sounds pretty good on the surface where you say, oh, yeah, that's great. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to work one day less. I'm going to work eight hours less. Then all of a sudden... I things are going to go, uh, my overtime's going to kick in earlier. That's great. But the problem is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we would still, or a lot of people would still expect to get paid for 40 hours. This is something that they haven't figured out yet. They're trying, you know, everybody who's looking at this is like, okay, well, employees are still going to want their benefits. Employees are still going to want the same salary, but in order to do that, companies are going to have to hire more workers to cover the discrepancy, or they're going to be paying out overtime, which would end up costing them more. And, and companies, rightfully so, don't want to pay more money. Half the time, they don't want to pay the money that they should or pay salaries that they should. But anyway... So if you work, <clears throat> pardon me, they're saying, well, it's possible that if you're like uh, a coder for a tech firm and you're doing an intellectual, this is their term, intellectual occupation, that uh, people can get, in, uh, that increasing the number of hours you work doesn't necessarily increase your output. So you're still doing the same amount of work. You're still, you know, producing the same amount. But if you work, say, on a production line, you're probably going to have to increase the number of people that work that production line because if you, if you don't want to pay the overtime because that's how they're going to figure out the wage and the compensation equilibrium that allows a 32-hour worker to make up 40 hours. So this is something that's going to be going uh, going to be debated for a while. I do know that if you read any studies about workers in America, we're all very nervous about keeping our jobs uh, to the point where people don't take the vacation that they've earned. They don't want to take any days off with fear of losing their jobs. The work-life balance, which used to be something that people laughed at, but it, it's something that really needs to be considered. Because if you're working, I'm a firm believer in giving 
my employer an honest day's pay for an honest or an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. That's always been no matter it's something I grew up with. It's something I'm sure you grew up with too. Where if somebody hires you to do a job, you work hard, and if that means sometimes putting in extra time, okay, that's fine, and that's what overtime is for to to reward you or not reward you, but to pay you for putting in your time because your time is worth something. But I don't know. We'd, we'd all like to have more time. I was talking about work-life balance. If, you, if you're so afraid to lose your job that you're not taking your vacation, that you're afraid to take a sick day, that you know, all right, you have to work overtime every night. You come home from work and you start doing overtime or you're at the office for hours and hours and hours, that's, that's problematic too. So we'll see where this goes. I'm going to be watching this. I'm sure you are, too. Uh, again, on the surface, hey, that's great, until you start digging a little deeper and go, okay, still sounds great, but there are a lot of things, a lot of things that have to be fixed before we can get to that 32-hour week. Uh, somebody said, I thought the discussion was about working four tens. That that was an, I think that was in the earlier bill. This is a newer one, so no, now they're talking about making 32 hours the standard. So that has changed. All right, we got to do this, then it's going to be news time. It's WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome back. We're here until uh, 9 o'clock tonight. Yeah, full show. Uh, and then it is Dave Ramsey. But for now, we are, uh, we're continuing our Aaron Rodgers watch, but I don't know. Nothing's happening tonight. It's too late. Right before the news, we were talking about this new bill that is proposed to get us a four-day work week. Un unfortunately, we still have a lot of things that we got to figure out. As far as pay for employees, how employers are going to afford this, and um, somebody texted in and said, "I thought it was. I thought we were talking about three or four tens, you know, four ten-hour shifts." And that had come up before. Uh, another texter wrote in, "I work four tens now, and the three days off is amazing, but four eights would be devastating without a significant pay increase for hourly workers missing a full day of pay for every week." Yeah, and the pay. The pay and how employees are going to get it and how employers are going to cover it, that's one of the major stumbling points. But I listen, I think three-day, if, if you can put in your 40 hours in four days and your employer is good with that and is like, okay, we, we have whatever kind of business we have that we can do that, I, I don't see the problem. Is this an inflation balancer tactic as well? I don't think so. This is just this is something that's been talked about for a long time. Nixon actually talked about it back in whatever, whenever Nixon sixties, like that seventies, yeah, yeah. He talked about having a four day work week. Now they didn't get into specifics and stuff, but so it's been around. It's been something that's been talked about forever. Well, if you're paying so, eight hours less to a bunch of employees, I mean, wouldn't you think prices would go down everywhere too? Well, yes, hypothetically, but, I guess. But hypothetically, but you also have to then, if you only have people working four days instead of five, it, you may need to cover the cost of bringing on more people to cover those other days. And people don't want to take a cut; they want to, you know, they still want to get their forty hours or they want their overtime. 
So if you're going to do that, you either have to decide, well, I'm going to pay overtime or I'm going to hire I'm going to cut everybody's hours down below 30. I'm going to have to hire more people to cover that discrepancy. It's there, there's a lot of math, and you know I don't like math. Yeah, then I don't really, things... Then I'm not really in favor of the idea. I don't think. No, no, I, it's I don't know. I guess it's me too. You know me. I work a lot. I, I'd be bored if I had three days off. Oh, not me. See, that's the difference. In you're young, I'm old. I would like to work. I wouldn't mind putting in an extra couple hours for four days. Imagine the reading levels, Brian, if there's one less day of school. You know what? That's not school doesn't count. I don't think, no, school we got to keep, school we actually need to, uh, I think, expand a little bit. But, no, school would still be five days. Okay. I'm talking about work, people who work. Teachers work, but that's, you would know going in. You would know going in, okay. And then for all the people that complain that teachers, oh, teachers get the summers off. Shut up. First of all, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, secondly, so they would know, okay, we're working five days a week. It's made up over the over summer when, you know, we teachers. For those who don't know, teachers get paid a yearly salary. They just stretch it out. Right. Um, so it's you know yes you're you're getting they're still getting paid but sometimes not as much in the summer anyway. So teachers would be different. They would have to they would sign on knowing that okay we're not a four day a week job we're a five day a week job and. There would be other jobs that would have to be, you know, five days, I'm sure. But if you look at it now, we have we have jobs that are not just shift work, but day work. If you're a firefighter, if you're a police officer, sometimes nurses, they're, they're four days on, three days off. Or, you know, something like that. So there's, there's jobs that do that, but they're still laid out for people to be working 40 hours. The point is we have to figure out if it can be done to have people work this new 32-hour week, make their money, and not drive employers into the ground. Because it's not going to do any good for anybody if companies are going out of business. So that's, that's, my, uh, that's my thought on there. You want to work all the time, Tommy. That's good. I like yeah, people, I mean, people don't know. You get to the station at 6 in the morning. You leave at about 2 a.m., then in those other four hours, you're driving an Uber. Then you, you don't sleep, you just come back. <laughs> exactly. Then on the nights you're not here, you've got two other jobs. I mean, I will be here till midnight, and then we'll be uh, coming in at 5 a.m. this overnight period right here, actually. But it's, it's it no joke. Character. It's no joke in the radio business. We're Has anybody ever told you you're paying your dues? Uh, no, but I know I am. Good. I know you. I know you are. But the last thing anybody who's paying their dues wants to hear is that you're paying your dues. Right. I just want to be dude, man. Yeah. Just you know what? I don't want to pay my dues. I want you to pay me, and we'll you know we'll figure it out. Go from we'll there. We'll figure it out from yeah. there. If I get the money, I'm I'm all right. Yeah. Just uh, thank you. Say it with cash. That's what I always say. All right. The first lady was. Hearing a lot of criticism about uh, her husband, uh, the president's age, and Nick Nikki Haley was doing it. Nikki Haley uh, lost the Republican nomination to Donald Trump years ago. She's running again um, in the primary against Donald Trump. Nikki Haley was saying that 
elected officials over 75 undergo a mental competency test. Of course, the first lady was like, well, this is ridiculous. Uh, she was in an interview with CNN. She said that we'd never discussed something like that uh, with her husband. Now, you know, the president, if he were elected again, would be 82 at the time he were inaugurated. Um, if you start giving listen, I think the mental competency test for any candidate is the entire campaign season and the debates and the appearances and the interviews. We can, we as a nation can pretty much look at somebody and listen to their track record or listen to their, their commentary and things like that. And we can tell if somebody's still on the ball because let's be honest, there are some people in their eighties who are sharper than some people in their sixties. Then there are people in their seventies and eighties who are slipping a little bit. Now, are they slipping so much that it's going to make a big difference? Some are, sure. If not, we can decide. But, I, you know, because then you get into this whole, uh, Tommy was accused, if you weren't here earlier in the show, Tommy was accused of ageism. Not um, a 38-year-old man. You are uh, against a 38-year-old man, but still, ageism is ageism, sure. Tommy. Sure, You know, we. I think we cleared you of that, but it's one of those scarlet letters that hang on you for a while. You know, you're gonna. You, you can't just you can't just walk away from that and not have people remember. Right. But but if we start doing that, Tommy would not be the only one accused of ageism. We all would. Uh, how many of you have an older parent? And you know, you start thinking, well, maybe it's time for mom or dad to stop driving, or maybe they can't do this, and you know the fight you get back. Because people don't want to lose their independence. And I think if we just said any any official over this age has to go through a competency test, that's, that's a bad precedent. Because it's going to go on to other things. And we're, we're fine to... We already get their health reports. You know, when a president uh, goes into Walter Reed and gets his checkup, we find all that stuff out. I don't think we need to add this add this extra level. You know, cuz what are you going to find? Okay. Let's say let's say Joe Biden. All right, he's going to be 82 if he gets elected again on inauguration. Well, what are we going to test? Are, is he, is his reaction time physically as good as it was when he was 65? Probably not. You know, Donald Trump's in his late 70s. Um is his, you know, can we? Can, are we going to test him too? I guess according to this, we would. But what are we going to find? We listen to the, both these guys. We know what they sound like. We know what their uh, what their opinions are. We know if they're if they can put together a lucid sentence. And let's not kid ourselves. Presidents are not making unilateral decisions. Every president is surrounded surrounded by a group of people who are advising them nonstop. So if you are able as a 70-year-old man or an 80-year-old man or woman to listen to advice, to listen to facts, to read your briefings and understand them, and then take all that information and make a decision, that's really all we need to do. 
from the 262, who would administer the test and would it become political? Oh, you know it would be, everything becomes political. So fast, so fast it would become political. Everything, yes, come on. And then it would be, oh, well, even if, even if there was a third-party testing agency that was made up of people who were brought in from not only the medical field but the scholastic field and they a comprehensive a blind test that was put together by the world's leading experts somehow it would become political these questions are slanted more toward liberals this question favors a conservative these questions were written by someone in the woke mob this question was written by a nationalist come on you know everything would be torn apart we can't have anything in this country that is not at this stage of the game that is not broken down into a a political freak show so i think uh, you know i don't agree with nikki haley i think at this point the president ha he hasn't proven to me that he is not mentally competent now that's I, and i'm not going to get into a whole you know if you're if you disagree that's okay you can text in um, we're not gonna. That's not the point of this. The point is, I don't agree that we need to start giving politicians at age seventy-five a mental competency test. I don't. I also wish that we had candidates that were running were, that were not in their upper seventies. I would like to see some people in their, you know, fifties, maybe. Who, let's be honest. A little more vibrant than an eighty-year-old. That's not a sh slam. I'm not throwing shade at eighty-year-olds. But we can, I think we can all speak frankly here. You know, it's like saying a 20-year-old and a 50-year-old are the, the exact same. There are exceptions, but let's go with the average, okay? So, yeah, I, I would like to see younger candidates. And I also think if we want to do this, instead of doing the competency test, let's do, we have mandatory retirement in so many different professions in this country. Why don't we have mandatory retirement when it comes to governing? Term limits. Well, yeah, I'm uh, I'm all for term limits. This this system of government was not set up to have people in there forever. This system of government was set up for civilians to go serve their term, go back to their lives and then other people take over. This career politician thing is hogwash and it hasn't gotten us where we want to go it's proven to be a nightmare so yes i'm with you tommy even though you are an ageist i'm all for term limits i mean i guess we can agree on some things being so far apart in age oh we're so we're it's unbelievable that we even <laughs> speak the same language that we even get any of the same references i heard it on the uh, i heard it on the telegraph the other day that there were big differences nice, in our age groups. Nice, yes. Yeah. I'm sure you I, wrote it up on your typewriter back in the day. No, I had a quill pen and an inkwell in my desk at school, <laughs> in my one-room schoolhouse. Yes, plucked it right from the hen. Oh, yep. And then I went down there, and then I was back out in the fields, you know, hoping that, hoping that on Saturday, the one day that we rode into town, I'd be able to go with Pa so I could get a candy stick at the general store for a penny. Uh, However, th those are the days. Those were the days. Oh, that's a, that's the America I want back when we had no technology and candy sticks cost a penny.
That was it. Doesn't sound terrible right now. Well, unless it's, you know, as a woman on International Women's Day, they're probably like, uh, well, yeah, what about us? Well, you, yeah. Come on, ladies. You know. You know your place. <laughs> I'm teasing. Don't at me. I'm going to take a break before we dig the hole even deeper on WTFJ Nights. But she's an old lady. I mean, look at her. She's old. You can't just take her stuff. She's too old. Yeah, but she's... Who is it? Whose mom? Stacy's mom. She does have it going on. Speaking of old ladies, and uh, this is an old lady I love, Jamie Lee Curtis. She is uh, she's a woman of uh, a certain age. She is only 64, which is not, uh, that doesn't seem that old. But Jamie Lee Curtis came out today and says uh, she wants concerts to be at 1 o'clock. She wants matinees. She wants rock and roll concerts in the afternoon so that 70-year-old people can go hear uh, Coldplay and Bruce Springsteen. She, uh, she named you 2 Coldplay and Bruce Springsteen. She wants them to do matinee concerts so that old people, so that old people can go at noon. Now, one, 64, you shouldn't be calling for matinees, Jamie Lee. That's not, uh, that's not that old. It would make a, <laughs> Imagine the crowd if you're doing a Wednesday matinee, if you're U2 or Bruce Springsteen, who we're going to talk about was in uh, Milwaukee last night. Very exciting. Uh, No. No, no, no. This is a bad idea. First of all, nobody's going to do it because as much as certain artists have older audiences, they don't have audiences that are retired. They have audiences that are still working. If If you're a Springsteen fan... And you're older, you're probably like, all right, like I'm a Springsteen fan. I'm in his demographic. I'm not retired. I cannot go to a concert in the middle of the afternoon. Plus, is he going to do two show days? Absolutely not. So, forget it. This is just this is just silly. Uh, nobody nobody does matinees. Have you have you ever heard of such a thing? If you go to the regular theater during a matinee, the Audiences are notoriously old and bad. I did, when I would do theater productions and we did matinees, it was always a nightmare. It was always like some senior tour group who came in and they were much more worried about where they were having lunch than what the show was going to be. So, no, we are not. Uh, sorry, Jamie Lee. Even though you uh, you could in fact be Stacy's mom, you still got it going on. I can't believe a sixty four year old is calling for early concerts. I mean, Tommy, Summerfest. would you go to a would you, would you go to a concert that early? Uh, I would not be able to for most of my times, like you as well. But I I don't hate the idea. Like Summerfest, I was just saying, you know, that, that's all day. I mean, I go watch music at yeah, one but, o'clock. But the when do the headliners come on? Right, the the headliner is definitely later at night for sure. I, I understand. Right. If you want to go. I love Summerfest, but let's be honest, uh, from the gates opening to later at night, it's a lot of acts you haven't heard. That doesn't mean they're not talented. doesn't mean it's not a good time to sit there and have a couple beers and listen to them. But you're not going to see, like I, I was excited to see Cheap Trick is coming um, headline, and not the amphitheater, but the other big, the big pavilion stage. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be fun. I'd go see Cheap Trick. Now, would I spend the rest of the afternoon... Doing it, uh, sitting out and watching other acts in the daytime, sure. But I'm going to stay up till ten o'clock to watch Cheap Trick. Right. 
I get that. I get that part of it. I also anything that would make concerts cheaper, I'd be for as well too. If that did it, you think matinees would be cheaper? Uh, I don't think the production I mean, cost is the same, right? So, you know, Springsteen still would have to bring out his semis full of stuff. You still need the crew. You still got to pay this. Maybe maybe you get a 10% discount on the venue if you could be out of there by 7 o'clock so that they could do their hockey game. Maybe. But uh, I, I doubt it. So all the costs would the cost of putting on the show would still be the same. Plus, uh, yeah, all right, we got we to gotta do this. We got to pray. We'll talk about this some more after. We got a lot to talk about. Things are going on. See, Tommy, that's when you get old. You lose track of time. I don't know if it's matinee time, whatever time it is, but it's WTMJ Nights. It's 7.30. That means it's time for us to go to the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom where the ever-patient Wyatt Barmore Pooley is standing by. Nice job tying in the uh, Dream Police. I was mentioning Cheap Trick is going to be at uh, Summerfest. That got me. I like the big pavilion stages. The amphitheater, great acts. I'm always like, oh, let me see what the cost is. I like buying the one ticket and catching all the other uh, all the other acts. Somebody texted in. We were talking about Jamie Lee Curtis being an old lady, which she is not. She's only 64. Uh, but she's she called on you two, Coldplay and Bruce Springsteen, to start doing matinee concerts because she wants to see, you know, she wants to see Coldplay at noon. She's a celebrity. She could probably hire Coldplay to come, you know, do an event at her house at noon, but not going to work. Matinees wouldn't need lights and fireworks, so they should be cheaper, according to the 262. No, all the special effects that you use, you know, if you... Bands, <clears throat> big bands that do outside shows, even if it's daytime, are still using lights and stuff. And if you're indoors, you're still using everything you, that you would normally use. So, no, matinees aren't going to happen. I don't care if it's uh, Sunday, whatever. I want to, uh, you know, I'm going at night to see my big headliners. Very exciting. We are only a little over a week away from St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, you, you strike celebrate? me as a huge St. Patrick's guy, Newton. Well, I am. I'm a hundred percent Irish. Right. I All my that. grandparents yes. came over. I am. Uh, I'm not that far removed from the old sod. And uh, yes, and plus, it's my mom's birthday and my mom and dad's oh, nice. anniversary. Oh, that's great. Everything on St. Patrick's Day. So now my dad's not with us anymore, but they got married on St. Patrick's Day uh, because back when they got married. It would have been, I guess it would be 61 years if my dad was still around. Their anniversary, This year would have been their 61st anniversary. But back then, you couldn't eat meat during Lent, except on St. Patrick's Day. So my grandfather told them, well, if you need to get married during Lent, then you got to have it on St. Patrick's Day because he was not going to have a reception that didn't have meat. So that's why they got married on St. Patrick's Day. Need the corned beef hash. Meat, yeah. Oh, I love. Corn. I just had a corned beef, uh, corned beef thing last week, but that's it's beside the point. I actually have a corned beef in the refrigerator that I'm cooking tomorrow, and then I'm going to cook another one next week. I'm all jazzed up for St. Patrick's Day. I like it. Used it's to, a pretty good holiday. Oh, it's it's so much fun. You know why, Tommy? Because I'm guessing you're not Irish. I'm pretty Irish. Yeah, I think it's. Are you Irish? Yeah, my, I mean, Wirtz, pretty German last name, but Irish, I think second most. Okay, that's what threw me off. 
you know. Um, but I like it. I, you know, I, we're welcoming. I think you would agree. Irish people are very welcoming. We don't care if you're Italian, German, Swahili. It doesn't matter. You can celebrate St. Patrick's Day. The only thing I beg you not to do is drink green beer. Oh, what up with that? No, come on, Tommy. Green beer is for amateurs. Too tacky? It is. As a, as a proud drinking Irishman, green beer is an abomination. It'd be like going to Oktoberfest in Munich and, I don't know, I, I don't even know if there's an equivalent. You wouldn't, you wouldn't dream of it at Oktoberfest to color your beer. What are you going to color it, uh, red or black? That's like saying, I don't want to dress up for Halloween. No, 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 that's not, no, not at all. Because Halloween, <clears throat> costumes are an integral part of Halloween. They have been since the inception of Halloween. Green beer is a marketing ploy that when I was young, when I was first drinking on St. Patrick's Day, you know, when I was like seven, uh, we didn't have green beer. We drank regular beer like everybody else, or we drank Guinness, or we drank whiskey. Do you think Chicago should not make the river green? No, that's a whole different thing. That's that's part of the parade. That's part of that's part of the thing. And I think people, if you want to wear green, that's great. If places decorate with shamrocks and pots of gold and rainbows, that's all fine too. I'm talking about the green beer, which is nothing, nothing more than a marketing ploy, and it makes you look like you've never drank before. Okay. All right. That's how I zero in on on youngsters who are going to be drunk, and I'll be able to take their money pretty soon because they're drinking green beer. Yeah. So you won't have a green beer on St. Patrick's Day. I will. I will not have a green beer ever. Okay. Okay. Ever. And I judge people who do. I'll I'll probably have a couple green beers. (sighs) I know you can't. It might just be an age discrepancy thing. I don't know. I no, because I'm sure there's a lot of. There's a lot of people in my demographic who have a green beer, too, and they'll go, what's the problem? Why are you so worked up about this? I don't know. I just am. Um, just want, oh, <clears throat> Chris, yes, Chris, I know. Chris is saying he wants to throw it out there. Corned beef is not Irish. Neither is the Reuben sandwich. I know. I know it's not because, but here's, here's how it started. Irish people, when they came to the U.S., a lot of them did not have a lot of money. And corned beef became the Irish immigrant meal because you could buy this cheap cut of meat, and if you cooked it long enough, it became tender. Now, if you go over to Ireland, I was there in October. I didn't. There's no corned beef over there, but over here it was an immigrant meal, and so that's why it became ingrained in the Irish, the Irish community here in America. So. I understand it is not an Irish meal, but it is enjoyed by Irish people. And other people, a lot of people like uh, like a nice Reuben sandwich. I love a Reuben sandwich. See, Tommy, she got you off the, Chris got you off the hook. Uh, I won't be yelling about the green beer anymore. But um, if, you're, if you're looking for some fun, Milwaukee is geared up, ready to go. And everything is starting on Friday, Friday the uh, 10th. Because, you know, we have to, we got to celebrate St. Patrick's Day for a couple weekends. You can't just do I, I it mean, all in one day. You can argue Milwaukee celebrates St. Patrick's Day every weekend. What's that? I mean, you could argue that they're celebrating every weekend if it's just the drinking culture. Well, see, and that's that's another thing. I I get the drinking culture on St. Patrick's Day, 
And I I participated in it 100%. Uh, I have no no judgment there, but there is so much more to the Irish culture. But, you know, what, am I going to nitpick everything? I've already told you you can't drink green beer. Uh, now I'm going to tell you you can't, you, you can't, I don't know. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you to have fun. Uh, be respectful. Don't be an idiot because there's enough idiots out there. Don't use St. Patrick's Day as an excuse to be an idiot, especially if you're going, uh, you know, to the Shamrock kickoff party, which is uh, brought to you by the Shamrock Club of Wisconsin. They're having their big their big Shamrock kickoff party at Lucky Clover Irish Pub. That's on Friday the 10th. It's going from 5.30 to 11 p.m. It's a free event. There's going to be live music, a variety of raffles and stuff. Performances by uh, Ian Gold, Pat McCurdy. They're going to have raffle winners. That's all on Friday. Then there's Mass. So see, Tommy, you go to Mass. You get liquored up. You go to church. Then you head out to the parade. That's Start with the parade. wine. Yeah. You have a little wine, a little host, uh, you know, the bread of life. It, it, it nourishes you. You head out. The uh, 55th Shamrock Club of Wisconsin St. Patrick's Day Parade is Saturday the 11th at noon in downtown Milwaukee. It steps off at North uh, Martin Luther King Drive and West Wisconsin Avenue, then traveling through downtown Milwaukee before it ends at Water Street and Highland Avenue. You can go to stpatricksparade.org to get the full route. And then if you're not done then, you head to the uh, Shamrock Club post-parade party from 1 to 6 at the Irish Cultural and Heritage Center, which is on West Wisconsin Avenue. So they've got uh, family fun going on there and all kind of things. You can go to mkepostparade.us. Uh, adults are 8 bucks, Families are 20 bucks. So there you go. It's the oldest St. Patrick's Day celebration in the nation, according to the Shamrock Club of Wisconsin. And I'm not going to argue with them. Dates back to 1843. 120 units, including Irish dance group, pipe and drum corps, decorative floats, and a whole lot more. So that's that, which is good. I'm, I've partaken in all those things. Now, will you wear, will you wear something green next Friday? You, oh, see, we won't be, I'm working next Friday. So I will not, but you will not be here. Be uh, I will be working next Friday, but not the night shift. I will be not the night shift. I will be on Wisconsin's morning news producing that show next nice. next Friday. Yes. Look at you moving on up to the east side, George Jefferson. You got a deluxe apartment in the sky. I, I'll wear I'll wear green for you. Well, you don't have to wear green for me. And I I'll drink a green beer for you. Oh, if you drink a green beer and dedicate it to me, somehow I will I will smite you. <laughs> Oh, no, oh boy, can't. oh boy! What about uh, what about Guinness? Do you drink Guinness? I am I'm not a fan. I I don't mind Guinness. I just wouldn't drink Guinness because I, you can. I can only have one of them, I'm, I, and then I'm full. Okay, I'm not a stout guy. All right, that's fair. What about a harp? A nice harp lager. I don't think I've had a harp. Well, that's a good beer. It's not green. What do you drink green? Miller Lite? Oh yeah, the Coors, one of those. I got nothing against those beers, and I, I especially don't have anything against Miller Lite because they're offering free rides again on St. Patrick's Day. So Molson Coors is helping people who celebrate a little too much on the 17th get a free ride home. Uh, it's the Miller Lite Free Rides program, so I, I encourage you to take advantage of that. Uh, they're doing a partnership with the Milwaukee County Transit System. Everybody can ride the bus for free beginning at 6 p.m. until the end of regular service. I have to imagine that at about 10.30... Oh, those buses are a fun place to be, just for people watching. Yeah, yeah, I, I like coming home from Summerfest. Exactly. 
And then you can you can also make some money betting on who's going to throw up, um, what girl is going to cry. There's going to be a lot a lot of ways to make money wagering on those buses. If more people cry or throw up, you could do that one too. Because you know normally, uh, if and I'm sure there's guys that cry, but I've seen a lot of groups of drunk women. One of them will start to cry over something. So that's a good bet. Somebody's going to vomit, especially if they're sitting in the back of the bus where you know you get some fumes and you get that motion sickness. And if you've been drinking and maybe you had some you know non-Irish corned beef, all of a sudden bloop. So yeah, you could do you could do three different bets over under on how many people are going to be jammed onto the bus without a seat. There's a lot of bets. You know, we should start some prop bets for the uh, for the free bus rides. Oh, I can come but up. But if you side. go to MCTS, go to their website, and you'll be able to find out where all the routes are. But um, Miller Lite, good for you, bringing back the free bus rides on St. Patrick's Day. We appreciate that very much. So yeah, I know a lot of the people I know who drink the green beer drink uh, drink it in Miller's Miller Lite, Coors Light. Because why would you why would you ruin another kind of beer with green food coloring? Yeah, that makes sense. I'm still shocked, Tommy. I again one of the, one of the big uh, the one of the big culture gaps between us. But that's okay. Green that's beer. what makes the world go wrong. We yeah, can still we'll, be we'll, friends and disagree. We we do that all the time on this show. We do. We disagree about a lot of stuff, and then yeah, but we still you know we still get along. Chris, uh, let's see. Hold on. No green beer, but our matching outfits. Okay, Taylor sending in a picture. Uh, I love those green outfits. Tommy, can you see those on the text line? I do. Nice shamrock suits. Yeah, I like the shamrock suits. Yeah, I'm down for that. If you want to dress up, I'm. You know, when I go out on St. Patrick's Day, I either have something green on or I have my kilt on, and uh, you know, it's basically Mardi Gras but green. A little bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And you know what's funny, though? <laughs> I despise going to parades up here. Mostly because, like, there's a good chance Sunday, Saturday it's going to be snowing. Yeah, I'm not a winter parade. So, guy. yeah, I'm not going to be standing no. at a parade in the snow. No. At least when I go to parades at Mardi Gras, it's usually about 70, 80. Big 4th of July parade guy? No, not, not a fan of that. Of what parade? 4th of July? You're not going no. to any parades? No. Oh, I hate those I I oh. don't like parades. And I can't like I had to go when when our daughter was in grade school and high school she was in the band so we had to go to the Fourth of July parades and the the Memorial Day parades and all that stuff because she was marching and that was fine you know you do it for your kids but yeah I don't I don't and I've been to the St Patrick's Day parade a number of times and there's nothing wrong with it it's just I don't I don't like it mostly because the parades here. I've had to stand. You know, when she was in school, we'd bring a chair, but I don't know. There's just something about it. Plus, nobody's throwing me fun stuff. You know, I'm not catching beads. I'm not catching bobbleheads or Mr. Potato Heads. I'm just sitting there. Maybe a politician will come by and throw one of those dumb, dumb suckers or a tiny little uh, Tootsie Roll at me. That's not enough. Not enough to keep me uh, keep me entertained. All right. We've got we've got a lot to get to. We've got a drive-through window coming up, and so much more. It's WTMJ Nights. Welcome to Kid Burger, home of the Kid Burger. Can I take your order? Patty, patty, Dude, this is a Wendy's restaurant. We eat fast food quite a lot. We talk about it even more. 
Let's visit the WTMJ Nights drive-thru window with Brian Noonan. Look at that, Tommy whipping up some production. Nice job, Tommy. Yes, it is the drive-thru window. A couple quick stories tonight. McDonald's is... Uh, Coming under fire for a controversial new meal. I don't know if you've been following their, uh, you know, as they've been teaming up with celebrities like Travis Scott and the, the, um, oh, the, 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 uh, Korea boy band, uh, BTS. They did, uh, they did these special meals. Well, now they did one with Cardi B and her husband, rapper Offset. They've been married since 2017. They have a date night tradition of going to McDonald's. So McDonald's said, hey, let's do a Cardi B offset meal. Well, some of the franchisees are a little bit upset about that and saying, no. It violates a set of internal rules called the Golden Arches Code. We can't have that. McDonald's is saying, well, no. Across our marketing, we're focused on putting McDonald's at the center of the culture uh, artist collaborations have helped reignite fans' love for our food and fueled significant business momentum. The Golden Arches Code says that uh, <coughs> pardon me, partnerships with celebrities and influencers that, quote, have potential risks to damage our brand based on statements they made or their position on certain issues aren't allowed. It also says that music partnerships associated with content that includes offensive language in the lyrics uh, is not to be done. Well, you know, Cardi B has WAP and some other songs. I guess you could uh, you could say that that's offensive to some people. Now, it's not all franchisees. But there's some, and I'm betting we can all guess where those uh, come from. And real quick, before we close the drive-up window for today, this is very exciting for a guy your age, Tommy. I don't know if you remember when Pizza Hut used to do the mini basketballs for March Madness. Oh, yeah. They're bringing them back. Let's go. There you go. Yes, sirree. The big March Madness basketballs are coming. Now, I used to get them when you just ordered something, and they'd come and you'd collect them and do all that. Well, now uh, they're going to be available for purchase for $7 on the Pizza Hut website app and at participating restaurants. So you don't automatically get them, but you can go purchase the March Madness mini basketballs from Pizza Hut. Won't be able to get a Wisconsin one this year. Yeah, the final is in? Uh, 65-57, yeah. Oh, boy. All right, well, that's uh, sad news. So we will close the drive-up window so we can all weep silently. And uh, we'll do this, then it's news time. It's WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Tommy, they're working us like rented mules tonight. We got a full three hour show, thank goodness. 855 616 1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Glad you're with us. Uh, if you're coming in late, the text question of the night today is International Women's Day. What woman has inspired you the most or had the most effect on your life? Uh, I have to pay homage, of course, to three women in my life for right now. Uh, my wife who probably is the reason I'm still alive. My daughter, who is uh, probably the reason that I have almost, uh, you know, dropped dead just from <laughs> the stress <laughs> of being a parent. So I've got both ends working here in the house, and then my ma. And I've grown up around a lot of great women. My aunts were all terrific. Uh, I've had wonderful teachers throughout my life. I've worked with very uh, talented 
and funny and knowledgeable women. So I, you know, I'm all about the ladies because one, I'm a player, and don't hate the player, Tommy. Hate the game. Oh yeah. But uh, no, I I think I I joke with my wife all the time because she knows that I do respect women. I I'm always amazed. We saw a uh, a piece on the news the other night about the ERA and how, you know, there were women in Congress who were actually working against the Equal Rights Amendment for women. And it's it's baffling that it's still being talked about, but happy International Women's Day. Tommy, do you have women that inspire you or that have made a great difference in your life, or not only are you an ageist, but are you also a sexist? Uh, I'm not a sexist, no. I'd like to think not, at least. Um, yep, I mean, the, the cliche answers, my sisters are awesome, my Oldest sister is very successful in the business world, so I aspire to be like that. Uh, nice. My younger sister, she teaches me and keeps me up to date with all this new junk people are learning. Uh, so <laughs> I, I like to I like to thank her for that. Uh, my mom, awesome, always supportive, but always keeping me honest too. On top of that, and then we've heard about my grandmother. I mean, how mm-hmm. how amazing she yeah, was. Yeah, your grandma rocks. Yeah, I mean, she she was she was pretty awesome too along the way. So. All those women, of course, all the ones that know it too, aunts, friends, you know, all the greats, all of them, great. To all the girls you've loved before who traveled in and out your door? Exactly. Drop a little Willie Nelson on you. I'm Listen, I'm not only thankful to your grandma for the great stories, I am now more grateful to your younger sister because she's keeping you informed and then you can keep me informed. Yeah, 12-year-olds so do that. You know, it's a little bit of a age discrepancy there as well so i every once in a while there's a trend she's on that i'm not on so mm-hmm. i can determine whether or not if that's what i want to do or not there you go and then if i bring it up and i don't know about it boom you pass it along to me uh our conversation a few weeks ago about the borg borgs are now i'm seeing stories about borgs everywhere we're trailblazers i guess yeah all right do you ever do you ever think that that somebody's listening to the show and then copying what we're saying, all not verbatim, all the time. but idea wise? Yeah. Or that we are that our our uh, ability to pick what we talk about is very on point. Because we did, possibly. we do some stories, and then like two days later, I'm seeing them on the news, and I'm like, hold on, what's going on here? Usually, so we yes, I'll be full opposite. of I'll be full of myself for a minute. I think people are stealing our. Uh, our show and putting it on their own. If there's a poetry show at night in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. That would be. We'd have to take legal action, wouldn't we? At least Mike would. Yeah, Mike would have to. But what if? Oh, what if Mike jumps ship and goes? Listen, fellas, it's TV. Did you know? I? I, I, I like the radio. Like, I don't think I, I haven't known Mike very long. That doesn't sound like something he'd do, though. No, Mike seems loyal. Yeah, but loyalty. Hmm. I don't know. You know, you think you're, <clears throat> you think you're being uh, loyal with a company. Maybe you've had a water bill that's been the same forever. Then all of a sudden, one day you get a water bill that is over six thousand dollars. And I bring up this story because it ties in with you, Tommy. Have you ever gotten a really unexpected bill, and then no matter how hard you're fighting, it seems like there's no way you're going to get out of paying it? Well, that's what happened to this couple in um, in New Jersey. They got a six thousand six hundred and one dollar bill for water and sewer. Jeez! Uh, 
Yeah, the woman said she she flipped out. She had to do a double take. They've been paying their bills every month, and every they receive it quarterly. And every quarter, it was about 150 bucks, so $600 a year. That was fine. Everything was, she said that was like the one bill that they had that's, that didn't really change. All of a sudden, they get this $6,000 bill. The water meter is in the basement. The town installed a new water meter on October 26th. She called the town. Because the town runs uh, the own, their own water and sewer authority. They have a remote reading device outside the house. It started slowing down in 2014 or 15. So what they're saying is, hey, listen, we send you a paper bill that has everything on it so you can compare the outside meter to your actual meter in your basement. Because we don't come into your basement, we just read the outside. And it's your responsibility to have checked this. And yes, even though you've been paying your bill religiously, now you owe us this $6,000. And no matter where she turned, she couldn't get any help. So she's going to end up having to pay it. Because customers are not absolved of the responsibility, even though the outside remote reader, which they all admit, yeah, that was that kind of screwed up. Too bad. It screwed up. It was on you. How many? I've never taken one of my water bills or gas bills to the meter to actually double check them. Sometimes I go, man, we used a lot of heat this year, this winter. Our gas bill went up X amount. There was only one time it went so crazy, but I didn't go read it. I just we called the gas company and they go, oh yeah, we got to send out. Uh, we'll send somebody out because that does seem weird. And they ended up having to change our meter, but. I'm not checking it on a monthly basis. So when you get these kind of unexpected bills, sometimes there's nowhere to turn. Let's do this because I want Tommy to have a little time to explain an ongoing saga that we we talked about the early part of this, but now you are in this same boat. We'll do that after this. It's WTMJ Nights. Yeah, you love the dirty water until you get a bill for $6,000 for your water and sewage bill. That's a lot of sewage. If you're pumping out, if that if you're pumping out that kind of uh, that kind of uh, water sewage, you you got problems. Uh Chris had texted in Tommy, you're instead of uh, maybe not the green beer, maybe a black and tan. Have you ever had one of those? Uh no, I don't believe so. All right, it's half Guinness, half Harp. Uh it's a nice nice mix. So I'm going to try something new. Anyway, all right. The reason I brought up that story in New Jersey, because we don't live in New Jersey, uh, it's just a horrible thing to get a bill that you don't expect, especially when the fault is obviously not yours. These people, it wasn't their fault. The remote reader that the city put in wasn't working correctly. And the city cops to that, but they're like, well, it still was your responsibility, so you got to pay. Tommy, you started a... An odyssey. It was a couple months ago, right? Was it? It was before Christmas. That it this... was the nineteenth of December. It was the, right after you graduated from school, the and you had just after. come home. Yep. Correct. Yes, sir. All right. So give it. Give us a brief. Uh, a brief 
review of what happened on that day. Sure, I don't know how many of us have been following along anyway since then, but on the the 19th of December, the day after I, I moved back to my mom's house, after I graduated from college, I had parked my car on the street in front of my mom's house. Uh, in the morning, I woke up, and all of a sudden, we were sitting in the living room. We heard this loud crash. My mom is facing the window. I, am, I have my back to the window. A lady had smashed into my car that was parked in front of my mom's house. It was the only car on the road. Huge roads. I remember I sent you some pictures showing You did it send me you. a picture. There should have been no way that anybody hit that car. No way. No way it should have been hit. But nonetheless, a someone had smashed into my car. A lady had smashed into my car. I quickly went and grabbed some clothes to change into, more appropriate for the weather. It was cold out. Uh, immediately, we attended to the driver first. That was our first concern. Mm-hmm. I mean, the car... I was more just shocked. Remember, I told you I wasn't really angry when it happened. Right. It was just like, wow, what happened? Uh, because it was so out of nowhere, wild to start the morning. And we, when we got out there, we made sure she was all right. It seemed like she was okay. She was very distraught. It seemed like stressed out from the situation, as anyone would be if that happened. Yeah. We got her a cup of coffee. My mom even gave her some mittens and a hat. Uh, I then proceeded to dial 911, not necessarily for her injuries, but the cars were very obviously not going to be able to stay there and were going to need to be moved away from the scene. Um, If it wasn't my car, which did not need to be at the time, her car was leaking and had glass damage, hood damage, all the, the, both frames were damaged, the cars were totaled out, both of them. All right, so so far it sounds like you're doing exactly the right thing. Correct. That's what I assumed, right? You're every time something like this happens, maybe a fender bender, you don't need to call nine one one. But for something like this, this was more than just a simple exchange of insurances, right? right. So when uh, the police arrive, uh, well, actually, before that, the nine one one operator had asked if I needed EMS, right, or if mm-hmm. we needed that, and I had told them I was not in the car. I, the car was parked. It was a two-car crash, but it was really a single-car crash in that way, right? Because yeah. there was no, I'm not involved in this crash. I saw the lady crash into my car. So I said, I don't know. She crashed, uh, maybe, something along those lines, right? Probably, Again, maybe. Sounds, that sounds logical. Right. Uh, and also, you know, it was, like I said, I didn't know if she had a stroke or if she was drunk or what was mm-hmm. going on because there was should have been no way she hit my car in this scenario again no i then w- when they arrive police arrive first uh i believe uh i can't even remember if a fire truck or if a ambulance arrives but if they did they kind of just rolled through realizing that no one really needed anything we exchange insurance her car ends up having to be towed because of the leaking fluid. Yeah. Uh, my car, I pull into my mom's driveway, set it away for insurance purposes. Finally, after about a month of that, it got settled through insurance. I My car was totaled out, got a nice chunk of money for it, and then I had the new car already. We all thought right. it was on my way. It took about a month maybe to solve everything, but it seemed to be good. Well, two days ago... I got a letter in the mail from uh, myfire.org like, or something along those lines, right? Okay. 
It is a bill for $500 for what? fire department's cleanup of the incident. I immediately huh? was, yes, that was my reaction. I, I thought it was a scam when it first came yeah. through. I really did. because then It we, sounds like a scam. Well, we called the number, right? And the number had a voicemail box that was full, so you couldn't leave a message. <laughs> right? And yeah. I uh, immediately, I showed it to my mom because, again, I didn't know if this was a scam or if this was something I'm supposed to do. And right. after all this action, then I called up the city. So I call up the city, which is in South Milwaukee, asking about this. Is this a real thing? Do you use this company? They say, no, we use this other company called LifeQuest when we send out bills. So then I'm immediately thinking again, okay, this is a scam, right? Right. I then ask them if they have the case number, or I believe it's something else. It's called like the case ID or something from the MVC, which stands for Motor Vehicle Crash. Okay. Um, I give them that, and they say, oh, yeah, this is a real bill. I said, well, wait, the number didn't work, <laughs> Hold though. On. Yeah, what, what do you mean this is a real bill? I called the cops because we needed to get these cars out of the road. Like, what, what if this person had hit a tree in my front yard and then knocked the tree over? Do I have to pay for this as well? Well, their excuse was, it's not fire's job, the fire department, to establish fault. Except I was not in the vehicle when this happened, my vehicle was just involved when this happened. Right, and fault has already been established through your insurance company Correct. and the police report. Correct. So then I uh, get on the phone with fire chiefs, uh, the fire department, the aldermen, to which they all <laughs> then are pretty much just telling me, well, you're going to have to pay it because we sent it. So No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Right. And even and the the alder person even then sent me, I, I don't know if it's an ordinance, a law, an article, whatever you want to call it, but talking about how if they are dispatched and provide any of these services, which are along the lines of EMS, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the part that it qualified under was uh Cleanup, which basically entailed sweeping of what happened at the wreckage, which was all from this other person's car right. because their car was more messed up than my car. I so then, did, yeah. did do you know? Did she get a bill, or or they just because you made the call, you have to you will have to pay that. So it sounds like from one of the conversations that I had that they sent both of us a bill. Like, the bill is $1,000, and we are splitting oh, no. this bill. No. 500 and 500. I, mm. I, I cannot believe how not helpful everyone else was with the situation, explaining how it happened. And I, I don't know. I, have, I got rid of all this information a month ago as well because the timeliness of this right. being two months after it happened... I don't have her insurance anymore. I don't have the police report anymore. I mean, oh, I could go no. get it. Right. I know she had Geico. I know you can go f through it from there. But, I, I mean, I thought I was done with this whole situation. And I don't think this promotes people to call 911 if they have an issue like that. No. And it's, yes, I get it. It's not the fire department's job to determine fault. But fault has been determined. And all anybody has to do is... 
you know, the people who are sending out the bill should be able to pull up the, you know, you've given them the police report number. There's no chance, there's no way you should have to pay for anything. See, this is when uh, rules that don't follow any logic drive me crazy. And the response you've gotten from the alder person and everybody else is completely irresponsible. You had zero to do with this. Zero, other than being the victim. You can't make the victim pay. So whatever the, you know, I, I don't, I would just, I would just send a letter and I'm sure you can go to the, I'm sure you could go back to the police department and get a co another copy oh, of the Oh, I promise report. you I will not be paying this $500. No, I, no, if no you paid shot. it. That that would be worse than drinking a green beer. I, if you pay this bill, will not uh, be paying this. No, I'm then I'm going to send you a bill for uh, hurting my feelings. I will send you, you five hundred dollars before I send this fire bill five hundred dollars. Good. Yes. Yes. There's no. Uh, Jeff wants to know uh, if you could say where this occurred. I wouldn't say where you lived. Um, it was in a Milwaukee suburb. Okay. I I can go um, a South Side Milwaukee suburb. All right. I I. I just didn't know that uh, it would be such a hassle to get through this situation. And again, resurfacing this situation after we thought well, it yeah, was all resolved. Yeah, because it sounds like it sounds like the insurance part of it, which sometimes is the hassle, you know, especially getting getting paid out by somebody else's insurance. It sounds like that all went as smoothly as it could have gone. Right. You know, things were taken care of in a, in a relatively quick manner. You uh, it it. You know, you were paid for what for the damage that you had done. They took care of your car. It was totaled. Okay, great. It should be done then. This, I don't understand where they get the gall to send you this. Well, and on top I understand of it, that I understand that the the somebody has to pay for the the people coming out. But who cleaned it up? Did fire department personnel come and sweep, or who who actually right. swept up the glass? And so stuff? what was cleaned up? was i believe only partial uh, one window from the other person's car i will okay. say that the cleanup that was required from the debris that was picked up m took less than five minutes and that feels like that's high even with me saying that i seriously okay. majority of the uh, majority of the time was consumed and spent with talking with the police establishing that fault, exchanging of insurance, the debris and the cleanup, as I said, if EMS did show up, which I don't even remember if a fire truck was dispatched, maybe there was an ambulance, but I, it was it was a roll through, if anything. They came by, saw that no one really needed anything, and went on their way. They were not there for an extensive period of time by any means. Yeah, see, if I, I got to get that kind of gig. If I can make a grand for sweeping up one to windows worth of glass. So then doing a little more research, the there was a, I forget who made out this uh, statement, but again, it was a, similar to an alder person or a city worker in this suburb uh, explaining that they're getting too many of these calls, too many calls for the fire department that aren't necessary. Not necessarily that mine counts for that, but they're just getting too many. And this charge and this fee is charged every time they are dispatched. They're averaging about 10 calls a day. So they are charging like $10,000 wow. a day 
on these types of calls, and I just oh, think it's man. ridiculous. Like what? it sounds like your uh, your suburb is just up for a money grab. It is not because who great are you look. supposed? Who were you supposed to have? You called nine one one. Are they saying you shouldn't have called nine one one? Now nine one one dispatched the fire department. It is definitely a very puzzling bill to receive, and a situation that I thought was settled. It is now resurfaced. And on top of it, the situa- the the response from my anger to this has been met with tough luck. No, we we this will not stand. We have to we have to figure this out. We'll have to fi- off the air. We'll have to uh, we'll have to figure out a way to parlay this into uh, you getting recompense because there's nothing. See, when you put out a blanket rule like that. It's like zero tolerance policies drive me crazy. Okay, sure, there have been some false calls, but you didn't call the fire department yourself. 911 made the decision to send the fire department. Correct. If the fire department was, what were they doing? Sitting around making chili? And that's not a, I'm not disparaging fire departments or firefighters. I know their job is unbelievably dangerous and hard. This doesn't sound like it was either one of those. No. Doesn't sound like it was un- uh, unbelievably hard or very dangerous. Now, she didn't require a tow, but again, that's not what the charge is for or anything right. either. It's for the dispatch of the fire department. So, what? If the car had been on fire, would the charge be, would there still be the charge? Is that the vibe you're getting that no matter when that fire truck leaves the station, it's a thousand bucks. Well, I'm wondering if it's you know. I, I mean, maybe we should take a break and come back to it after. Yeah. But All right. Let's take let's a quick break. We'll figure this out. If you are a, uh, if you've heard of this in your suburb, you got to let us know. If you are uh, somebody who, maybe you're a first responder, you've heard of this. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. It's the Acunet, or it's the Old National Bank. Sorry, Old National Bank. Talk and text line. Old National Bank. Get old. Um, you can you can send us a text, and we won't use your name. We just got to figure this out because this sounds completely ridiculous. That a guy who wasn't even in his car was sitting in the confines of his own home when his car gets slammed into is now being charged five hundred dollars because they had to sweep up some glass because a fire truck came by. Seems ridiculous. Let's try to get to the bottom of it on WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. Tommy is the uh, victim of a bureaucracy gone wild, and we have to figure out why this is happening. If you're just joining us, Tommy's car was slammed into outside of his house. The insurance company paid up. Everything was great. The other person's insurance covered everything. Now Tommy got a bill for $500 saying that, uh, well, you know, you called and the fire truck was dispatched, so you owe us 500 bucks, which makes zero sense. And it is, it's one of those things, and he's been trying to get some, uh, some, somebody to solve this problem, and he's just been met by tough luck. So we have to figure out what we have to do. And unfortunately, you know who you need to talk to? You need to talk to Scafidi. Oh, that's what I'm thinking, right? Because he was a mayor. Right. 
and he'd be able to tell you he'd be able to tell you what's going on. Well, I heard that the reason why there is charges like this for these dispatches is from a previous mayor of this uh, city suburb. It wasn't where Steve was mayor, was it? No, it was not. It was not Oak Creek. No. All right, good. It's just we don't want to have to turn on him. If if this woman would have hit my property as opposed to my car, which was in front of it. Would so if she had called nine one one, see, here's the problem. You were nice. You were nice, and you called nine one one, which I would have done. To I would have just called nine one one immediately. That's your first, your first thing. You call nine one one. You say somebody hit my car. Uh, I wasn't in it. So, you know, send send the send somebody because there's been an accident outside my house. Right. You don't know if she needs an ambulance. You don't know they're going to send the fire department. You didn't tell them anything was on fire. You said send me. Whatever the, the procedure is for an accident like this, send that. Right. That's what I wanted. I wanted this to all be done the correct way, or right. what I thought would be the correct way, into this. And, uh, you know, there's a text like here saying that they should have described there'd be a fee. I mean, why, why is there a fee? Is this not a service of this subdivision? Of I know there's on? a lot of fees for ambulances now if you call it, you know, that's why... There's been an uptick of people who are trying to drive themselves to the ER or take an Uber to the ER rather than call an ambulance because the the uh, cost for an ambulance is so high. Well, and again, yes, if someone needs medical attention, I guess I understand where this happened, but that, that wasn't needed. It wasn't necessary. It seems like an excuse right, and the si- to try to just get some money. And the city has this... They cover all this in their budget. The fire department is not... Uh, working with a uh, you know a GoFundMe, the fire department is being funded by the taxes and the city. Right, right. So for them, you know, this was not a frivolous call. There was an accident. There was a police report filed. I could see if you're one of these guys who are calling in these uh, what are they called the SWAT thing, where they call you know you're calling in false alarms and you're having them send the police out for nothing, or you know. You call in a you call in a fire that's not there, and all the trucks respond. Yeah, then you would need to be financially responsible. But you you didn't do that. You called for a legitimate reason. They decided what was needed. They nine one one followed their procedures. You shouldn't. There there should have been no charge. Well, and if there is a charge, it's absolutely not my obligation to pay it. It would be no, the other party. You know who should be getting that thousand dollar bill. Right, the person who caused it. Yes. Send her the $1,000. Why are, Why all of a sudden are they being fair? Well, you know, we're just going to split it in half. No, you're not going to split it in half. You're going to send it all to her because I had nothing to do with this. I was sitting in my house yes. with my mom. Exactly. And there is evidence of that. There's proof of this. It's been established already. So I don't I think understand. Well, I think we need to... We'll I just don't understand how the, how the fire department and the police wouldn't be in cahoots or keeping up with that when the situation's going on, too, because it was no issue. It's some sort of, it's some sort of, well, obviously they're using a third-party billing company. So those people have no, they just get a report, okay, um, here's, we, oh, we had, did you have any uh, dispatches today? Yep, we had these. Okay. 
They don't. They don't care about the police report. Right. They don't care about anything. Uh, somebody from the six hundred eight, I'd send the bill to your insurance agency. They'll likely pay it and then collect it from the other insurance agency. Yeah, but if Tommy's insurance has to pay something out, then it's a ding against him. And the issue. I the mean, other, you could call your insurance thing, agent and ask. We had the the issue also took. You know, I guess the best time it could have. It still took a month when we had the same insurance company, me and the oh, person no. who hit my car. So it's just not timely at all. And it seems like two no. months after this, oh, more than two months after an incident like this, to send out another bill yeah. is a very big money grab move. Yeah, it's it's a it's a punk move from this uh, your suburb to be trying to. It's like a speed trap. But this is a trap for people who have no idea. You figure if you call 911, you don't have to worry about it. And the only reason That's they have what the information for. to send to me is because my car was involved. Right. But you weren't in it. Exactly. Again. I wasn't even in the car. You weren't in it. And now I'm, I'm sure you tried to talk to a manager. At this, oh, I went uh, full carrying on this entire situation. Good. Absolutely. I, I am... And like I said, I am prepared to fight it to the end. There is you should no way I am paying this five hundred dollars. No way. All right. Well, when it gets if it gets to it, we'll call them out. I, I I'm not above calling somebody out. I'm not either because this is this is ridiculous, and it is this is why this is why people hate bureaucracies because there's no common sense involved. There's no way, and there's no way to get something rectified because nobody wants to. Nobody wants to take the blame. Nobody wants to actually put themselves out there. You've got a lot of middle managers who are trying to keep their job and are just going to say, well, that's, that's just how it is. Sorry. Well, no, that's not how it, that's not how it is. Because if somebody who is, is definitely in the right and then is wronged can't get some sort of satisfaction, then what hope does anybody have? You know, if you've, if you've done something wrong and you can't, you know, you can't work the system. That's fine. Um, if, if she would have crashed you, into if you were a in mailbox the right... and was seriously injured, would I still be getting this charge? That, that's it's another thing. I just don't understand. No, I, 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 I if don't she had think... run into your garage, maybe right. because your house was there. I, it just doesn't make yeah, it, doesn't... it doesn't make any sense. If I no. if she flips because she's driving erratically. And just lands in the middle of the road, but I call nine one one. Am I still getting this charge? It doesn't make I don't any know. sense. Were you involved? Were you there? But I called nine one one, and there was cleanup required. I, I wasn't involved, saying. and That's... no fault was ma made at all. But yet, I'm getting stuck with the charge. That's ridiculous. Man. It is all right. We'll get this figured out. Save the don't don't write that check. Uh, fight for life. That's. Uh, Wild Rose to App Wild Rose to Appleton, thirty-six thousand and counting. I'm not sure what that means. All right. Uh we gotta take a break. Don't we? Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's do that. It's WTMJ Knights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Knights, you know why we can't be friends. Because you're a bureaucrat. Who doesn't use common sense? I was trying to get the charges mood up people here money they should not have to pay. Last night, uh, Bruce Springsteen was in town. Did you go to Pfizer Forum? Did you watch Bruce last night? I, according to uh, Pia Levy, 
in the uh, Journal Sentinel, the concert was unbelievable. Uh, a couple of friends of mine were there. They also, their reviews were that the show was unbelievable. So uh, I'm sorry I missed it. I, are you a Springsteen fan, Tommy? Uh, I am not. Or is he too old for a little, you? A little bit past my time. A little Before past it. your time, Before yeah. it, sorry. Before, yeah. All right. I'm That's past all right. Listen, time. That's all right. We all have uh, well, musical taste. I am. A, I've seen Bruce a number of times um, at all different kinds of venues. I've seen him indoors. I've seen him outdoors. Uh, baseball stadiums and different things. Uh, it would be would have been nice. It was, uh, you know, I. It was almost a three hour show, which he's normal. He's used to doing. He's always had a reputation doing long shows. But I thought at 73 he was going to pull back a little bit, but that does not seem to be the case because Sunday night reports coming out of uh, Minneapolis was that the show was about three hours, and uh, last night's show was about three hours. I saw the set list. It is uh, it was an incredible amount of hits, and then this is what I don't get. It's a uh, eight song encore, which I'm like okay. Uh, maybe he just needed that break because he had done, done 19 songs, and then he take and by all reports, not a lot of chit chatting with the crowd. There was uh, one song before he did Last Man Standing, where he did like a, a few minute monologue about his buddy who died, who was in his first band. But other than that, they said there wasn't a lot of talking. So 19 songs, and then he takes. You know, they leave the stage and people go crazy at the bruise and then uh, comes back an eight song encore. I, I did was, see I did see Billy Joel when I was working for um the Brewers at the time in twenty nineteen, I guess it was, okay. when he came to Miller Park. And I wanna say he had an encore that was quite a few songs like that. Six songs maybe, seven songs somewhere around there. So I wonder I wonder what that is because it used to be encores were one song, maybe two. He had went. He had went on, and he had left the stage before he did Uptown Girl. Before he okay. did Piano Man, and there was another big one I can't remember. So you knew he had to come on and still do these two songs. So I definitely knew that it was going to be longer. But yeah, I mean, it was at least six songs. It, it, I mean, I'm listen. I'm all for it. I do. I do tend to get with some band like. Springsteen, I, I can go the full three hours. I, you know, there have been some bands that I've seen, and it's like, you know, you get to about an hour and a half, and you're like, oh, okay, it's pretty good. And then there's some bands that you know that's that's their thing. They are going to go ninety minutes. It's going to be, it's a scripted out show. That's I saw Sammy Hagar last summer, and you knew the Sammy the show started. And it was 90 minutes on the dot. And I get that all these shows are, are pretty much pretty planned out and stuff, but it's like there's somewhere it's much more obvious. Now, for like Bruce's Encore had six out of the eight songs, six are huge. Well, I'm going to say seven are probably huge hits. Land of Hopes and Dreams, Thunder Road, Born to Run, Rosalita, Glory Days, Dancing in the Dark, 10th Avenue Freeze Out, and then I'll see you in my dreams is how he ended the show. That's a pretty solid encore after having a, you know, a powerhouse show up to that. I mean, with the I'm, price of the tickets, you don't want to leave early anyway. 
Oh, you never want to. You can't leave early. Right. I have a buddy who does that. He'll look at the set list beforehand so he knows what the encore is, and he wants to beat traffic. So he leaves before the encore. Crazy. Yeah, that's why we never. That's why we never ride together. No, can't. <laughs> so he's, I'll meet you in the parking lot, or I'll meet you across the street from the from the venue. We'll have something to eat, and then we'll follow each other over into the parking lot. Because no, I'm. I stay till the bitter end. And it's hard because you know going to a concert now is well one it's a big financial undertaking that's why most of the stuff I see I go and I get lawn seats because you hear the same music now the projection screens are so high quality that it's it's fine and I ne I never mind paying like twenty five bucks or something for a lawn seat and then I'll go see bands that I might yeah you know. All right, I'm interested. I'm interested at 25 bucks. No way I'd be interested at 100 bucks. You know, somebody making a prediction. Jeff is predicting that Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks play at Summerfest this year. That would be a good show. I know I know they're both going on tour. I can't remember if they're going on tour together, but I don't know. What was the last big concert you saw, Tommy? Oh gosh! Um, do you go? Do you like concerts? I, no? I, I like Summerfest. That's about all I do. I don't think I've okay. really ever spent money on a concert to just go see someone. But yeah. um, saw Nelly at Summerfest. That was fun. Nice. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I I I still have a hard time spending a lot of money. My wife, without without telling me how much they were, we we like the Eagles a lot. Oh, there you so go. So a couple years ago, the Eagles were coming. Life in the fast lane over here. Oh, uh, you know, I'm already gone, Tommy. So, <laughs> nice. thank you. So, uh, she bought tickets, and they, they weren't, like, close. We were, you know, there's the main floor, and I, and then we were up halfway on the, in the stands, and I think they were, like, 200 bucks each. And I was like, what are you doing? But she'd already bought them. I enjoyed the concert. I didn't let it bother me. But that is that. All right, listen, time is time is done. We're, we got to go. Dave Ramsey is coming up after the news. I will be back with you Friday night. Yes, we will still be on, on Aaron Rodgers' watch. Don't kid yourself. We're always paying attention. Tommy, thank you for all the work. Nice job on the new production. Thank you for listening and being part of the program. I will talk to you again Friday night right here on WTMJ.